Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Red Pill Cartel. I am your host, David Wavy. You are my cartel, my beloved listeners. And this is a very uh, special episode for me because, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you get people together and then you get clashing opinions and shit like that. And then it's like, what do I do with that? So I decided to have a little bit of a debate uh, with my my really good friend Fraser um you know you might know him as the significant other of uh my really good friend Shayla who's a huge supporter of the show and my really good friend uh Stefano Emilio who is the <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna label him now as the the token Freemason of the show because uh you know he's putting in his perspectives about Freemasonry because he is a Freemason so yeah, I just decided to have both of them on and kind of battle it out a little bit. And uh, the results turned out pretty great, I think. Uh, in my mind, um, my perspective is that everybody should get along, no matter uh, which religion they're a part of or which uh, dogma they subscribe to or whatever, you know. So I just kind of laid back a lot in this episode and just was uh the kind of like mediating things here and um i hope you guys really enjoy this because i really did and we had a great time and it all turned out really well you'll be surprised uh and if uh excuse me if you have any other uh interjections or anything just dm me dm stefano dm fraser i'll put all the links in the show notes where you can contact them and uh yeah, as always, uh, Cartel, you you guys know what to do by now, right? You know, you gotta smoke a dube, drink a beer, relax, and enjoy the show. And that's exactly what I'm saying right now. So, let's get it on. Welcome back to another episode of the Red Pill Cartel. Um, I am playing the mediator here. Um, I'm going to let my two guests, which are Stefano Emilio and Fraser, uh, just have a little bit of a debate on Freemasonry. And uh, let's see where it goes. Who wants to start? Well, I think the challenger challenger has to start. Okay, well, uh, that would be Fraser. (laughs) Okay, so I was born in Scotland and moved to Canada when I w- was a baby. Um, I currently live in Alberta, and um, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Stefano? Well, I am uh, Canadian-born of Italian heritage. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've been a, a Freemason since September 8th. 2008 and um not only am i into freemasonry but i did you know my own uh diving into the occult sciences uh, a la golden dawn and a little dipping into crowian-esque type stuff as well so i'm decently versed in uh masonic quasi-masonic and uh you know out there type stuff i guess you could say good shit so um who wants to ask the first question um i think i will go actually um to stefano is it stefano or stefano it's stefano okay okay i'm just asking because italians love their 
their vowels and their pasta. So <laughs> just ask. Hey, so I'm not Italian, but I love pasta. <laughs> All yeah, right, so, so generally, um, the rule of thumb for most European, yeah. um, especially in the Latin European uh, languages, they tend to emphasize the first syllable right, rather okay. than the second. So it's Stefano rather than oh, Stefano, okay. right? Stefano. Hey, that's my dad's name. <laughs> and my mom's name is Gina. Go figure. Oh, wow. that's awesome, dude. Right? It's the trifecta for WAP names. But anyway, it'd be, it'd be hilarious if your mother's name was Princess Peach. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Gina, Gina is actually a short form for Luigi or the female Luigi. Oh, really? shit. Oh, okay, I learned Boom. Nintendo, Mind blown. Yeah. Right Holy. Man, you're going to get sued man. by whoever made Mario. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you're, 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 what you're telling me is that uh, you're baby Mario. That's it. <laughs> That's He's it. got dibs on that character in Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I wanted to start by asking, uh, because I did watch your podcast you made uh, last month. And you used to be a very anti-Masonic guy. And I just yes. uh, wanted to uh, kind of relearn uh, why, why you went from an anti to a pro. Um, basically because I went to the source material. So that was the first, and that's how I got started. So I kind of looked into all the major accusations floating around the conspiracy culture world. And, um, you know, like anybody, uh, I was taken by the, the, the BS side of it, or at least what I would like to claim is the BS side of conspiracy culture in terms of its accusations on Freemasonry. Right. And I took them for face value, right? Because you see a bunch of stuff and you see there's a, a society that seems to be secret. They have exclusive meetings and, you know, suspicion uh, is easily aroused from that alone. Right. And then you see certain people throughout history, of course, uh, you know, famous people, movers and shakers of the world happen to have been Freemasons. And you kind of start to like put this piece together. Right. And it's extremely um, it's it's persuasive at first at first look, much like any type of, um, you know, juicy conspiracy. Um, but when you look and as I looked deeper and I went to like to actually find a lot of like the the sources for these accusations or at least, you know, quite often it's, it's you know, using an uh, Albert Pike or um, a Manly P. Hall quote and trying to expose um, some kind of connection uh, to Luciferianism or sane worship. Right. So right. in doing that. I bought, I went, you know, on eBay back in the early 2000s. And this is several years before I became a Mason. So we're talking like I got into conspiracy culture just after 9-11. Yes. Um, I, I started reading Morals and Dogma in 2003. Um, and uh, I've read it five times since. Most okay. Masons, in fact, 90 plus percent of, maybe not 90 percent. I'm going to say a good 75, 80 percent of Masons have never read the book. And more than half of Masons don't even know who Albert Pike is. Really? Right? So, okay. yes. All right. And there's another rumor or another like idea. Right away we that that was kind of their main guy, right? But it's not. And see, there, there is another huge misconception. Is that there is no main guy in Freemasonry. Nobody speaks with any true authority 
over the millions of masons across the world, the various bodies and 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 appendant bodies and right. forms of Freemasonry. It, there's such so, there's such a loose connection that what? there really isn't like one guy that's like the godfather of Masonry who wrote the Bible on Freemasonry. More right, right, right. So what you're kind of saying is it's more or less uh, decentralized. So like there's highly no decentralized. Um, highly but, decentralized. Like fit like figureheads like like i think pythagoras is said to have possibly been the first mason yeah but what does that mean though was he initiated in a lodge that was chartered by another lodge you know like so like there are so many different levels of what you want to consider masonry in right. in a lot of the scottish right degrees um which is one of the most, the most famous body of freemasonry because of the whole 32nd 33rd degree idea yeah. Uh, made famous predominantly North America by Albert Pike, very much so. But that was kind of his main deal was the Scottish Rite, and um, right. but like Freemasons and Freemasonry around the world doesn't even there, there's large aspects of Masons that don't even consider the Scottish Rite to be Freemasonry because it's a completely separate body, and most Masonic bodies are. So when we talk about decentralization, what we're really talking about is that yes, you've got certain jurisdictions, okay. So mm. let's just say in North America, you've got a, uh, a province and states, right? Um, right? You would have a grand lodge of what we call regular Freemasonry, um, which would be considered like the first three degrees, what's known as the Blue Lodge right. in American Freemasonry in, in Canada, most of Canada and in the UK, because Canada for the most part, at least in Ontario, in most of our grand lodges in this country, follow the english uk stream of freemasonry okay um especially here in ontario and that type of 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 um of freemasonry um basically uh follows what's known as uh emulation ritual here right. and although we're like um part of an, an, a lineage of like in terms of we are chartered from the United Grand Lodge of England, so to speak, our Grand Lodges in each province and each state are run separately, right? So they have their own Grand Masters and they have their own lodges, like regular lodges that are looked after and administered by the Grand Lodge. So what happens in Georgia is different than what happens in Ontario. We have different right. ritual. We follow emulation English ritual. And in the U.S., they, certain Grand Lodges allow different, multiple different ritual types. So the rituals are not even consistent. They have right. underlying themes, but, um, you know, like, it's, it's not necessarily um, a one-size-fits-all circumstance. So it's extremely okay. decentralized. We used a lot of different rituals. The three degrees that we call them, uh, like the Blue Lodge degrees, um, is mainstream or regular Freemasonry. Um, and we call it craft, the craft degrees in, in the UK and Ontario and most of Canada. And yes. in Europe, they tend to call it the symbolic degrees. Right, right. Yeah. Um, my dad's cousin, I think, was a Mason uh, for a few years, but he got out of it. I'm not sure what mm -hmm. degree he was. <coughs> but I did want to kind of point out something. I noticed you contradicted yourself a little bit in the podcast. Please. Um you say that it's a misconception that they follow Satan. 
Yes, right? it's 100% misconception. But then you go on to defend um, rituals, occult magic, things that are kind of universally regarded to be satanic and dark in nature. So I was just wondering how that connection... Um, uh, so say they don't follow Satan or uh, yes. sort of uh, the satanic doctrine, then how could... Uh, how could the occult magic be justified? Okay, so first and foremost, occult magic and Freemasonry are separate things. There is no uh, magic. But Masons in engage in it, right? No, they don't, unless they take it upon themselves as a separate thing. It's kind of like, you know, um, you've got sports, right? Mm -hmm. That's great. So we can call sports spirituality. Right, I dabble a little basketball. If I'm a professional basketball player, but I play lacrosse, am I a lacrosse player? You know what I mean? Like there, there's, it's, it's. You've got a stream of knowledge and information, and you've got all these different teams, different sports, and different aspects of it. Freemasonry is a fraternal organization that has taken um, a certain symbolism and a story and created a series of degrees. Um, spiritual degrees that are trying to impart certain lessons. Now they do it in a ritual form because ritual has, has always been an ancient way of teaching. It is a very emotional way. That's why you've got certain rituals and, and ceremonies that we do in society for other aspects of society. Right. Right. But those rituals and those ceremonies, although they do retain um, aspects of intention work. Okay. So we can break down magic into different things. The idea of intention work is still there because you're trying to have a positive intention in everything you do. So right. you, you're doing things with, with the best of intentions, with, with you know, a sense of positivity. But magic becomes a whole different venue because magic <clears throat> can become, becomes way more specific and, and, and there's so many different types of it. Magic in and of itself is not, is not satanic, right? That's like saying um, a shovel is a killing weapon. Or a, guns kill people. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Someone's got to pull about the, the trigger. I agree with that, but, but magic is um, you're tapping into spirits um, that but are there's not different of God. forms. That's grimoire. That's something different. So you're talking about grimoire type magic or the summoning of certain entities and spirits and stuff right. like that. But that alone isn't doesn't encompass all of magic either. There's a large form of magic which is all internal. It's all your own intention. And what it does, it kind of goes down to like the whole quantum aspect, like quantum physics and and, and the entanglement stuff and and how everything is connected and that. Um, <clears throat> that that our thoughts and our beliefs exist outside of our bodies and we're able to manipulate like the world around us uh, even on a on a microscopic level with our thoughts and our intentions right so if you've got it's all energy it's all energy exactly 100% so doing intention work is something as simple as like ooh it's the secret it's like you 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 put up a an intention board you know you put up the picture of the ferrari of the hot woman of whatever it is you want to achieve in life. And you've got these things and these goals that you're constantly thinking about and have a positive attitude towards. Now, magic is, breaks it down into more of a science. It adds ritual. And what ritual does, it's like self-hypnosis. So just because it, it never has to do with inviting any entities. Like that was one thing I never really got into was that sort of magic. Not because I'm necessarily scared of invoking any negative energies or spirits uh, so much as 
I just respect the fact that I don't know. Um, I wouldn't know. I don't know exactly what's going on. And I don't think anyone really does. Now you have to understand there's, there's different, there's two major, you know, um, forms of thought within the magic community. You've got those that believe that everything is tapping into things within your psyche. So right. we're, we're diving into deep, deeper and deeper levels of your psyche and that these ideas, these concepts of Lucifer, let's just say, or all these different demons and angels and this, that, and the other are all aspects to the one consciousness that we are all a part of. And therefore yeah. we tap into them by going deep within ourselves. That's, uh, yeah. That's kind of what the psychedelic realms kind of manifest is uh, they bring out the su subconscious mind Right. And that's what Crowley really, truly believed in. So if you actually read Crowley and read his work, and this is another major thing, it's like you have to go to the source material. Like one of the major misconceptions yeah, I, is... I don't think Crowley is a good source. He, uh, he justified uh, sex magic with children. I don't think that's a good source. No, and I'm just about to get that. I was just about to go there and actually dispel that right away. So that comes from book four, okay? Right. And that's in, um, which is known as, um, you know, magic theory and practice, okay? Yeah. Book four. In book four, what Crowley's actually talking about, and I have it on the shelf here, and I, I can go in and I can try to find it. It will take me a while and it would be a waste of time. If right. I do find it at some point, I'll see if I can send you the line. But basically what what, what he talks about is he makes a joke and he's talking about masturbation rituals. Right. And the fact that he's killing babies, like that old adage of when you jerk off and you ejaculate, you've killed babies. So Trolley never right. actually did anything with children. Now, did he do depraved things with animals and, 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 you know, and um, consenting adults? 100%. He did a lot of terrible things, a lot of great mm -hmm. things and a lot of horrible things. And quite often, he's a guy that didn't necessarily always in, in life live up to the, um, the character and, and uh, level of intelligence, I guess, and, and yeah. integrity that he wrote about. So <laughs> the, the written right. Crowley and, the, phys and, and the, the acting Crowley, so to speak, um, there may have been a difference there. But... Um, well, he never a, justified pedophilia or anything yeah. like that, nor did he ever justify moral relativism. That's sorry a whole to other thing. Sorry too. to interject here, but what about the fact that oh, I don't know if it's a fact, but didn't he sodomize like a boy to find out like uh, how the um, you know like he could get to like a, 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 a heavenly consciousness? No, did, he never did. Did, did Brian Hughes? Did Brian Hugh Warner, also known as Marilyn Manson, remove one of his ribs so he could perform auto <laughs> No, I was told that in like grade six, and I think I kind of right. Knew it was was he was he on the show? Was he on Mr. Belvedere or whatever? No, no. Okay, <laughs> none of that was true, okay. right? And I don't even think Lady Gaga is but trans. Is, is Crowley's teachings are, are are universally used by uh, the global pedophiles. Yes, um, unfortunately, yes. That that's uh, true. Yeah, that is true. And they use it as as a because they've ill digested it, much like how um, Hitler and the Nazis um, kind of took a lot of Nietzschean principles and twisted them to suit their own benefit. Right. right. And if you, we can get into some Peterson, um, you know, Jordan Peterson did some wonderful work on 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 analyzing that aspect and how easy it is to misinterpret such great thinkers um, and, and um, 
it's it's well lazy, basically it's, it's lazy it's kind of it's lazy I'll, I'll tell you right now it's it's a lazy thing to to just to make those connections without going to the source material and seeing where it comes from. I don't think it's lazy. I think it's just connecting the dots, man. Um, Yeah, but there's holes in those dots. Listen, I I agree with you 100%. People have taken do what thy wilt will be the whole of the law, and they've they've molded it to their own thing. Look at the Church of Satan. If you really pay attention to what Anton Zander LaVey did, he just took Thelema, right, or Thelema, um, Crowley's non-religion religion. religion. (laughs) <laughs> anti-religion religion right and rebranded it through Absolutely. satan on there and then even within the the you know the, the the satanic bible admits that at no point do they even actually worship an entity of satan but just use it as a symbol to negate god and 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 to to basically poke fun at the judeo-christian uh, experience god. yeah exactly yeah. right so but at no point did crowley ever do that like you have to read crowley and you have to read it like you re- like albert pike like manly p hall there's going to be these these little phrases these little moments and what conspiracy culture has done is they've ter- cherry picked these moments and they've built these myths around them right and and we lose sight of where the real conspiracy happens <clears throat> luciferianism if when you actually read into it and you look at it from an ejected perspective, much like gun enthusiasm, right. like it's a tool. Lucifer in true cult teachings, if you were to get really heavy and to really read a lot of stuff, you understand that people have very different views, right? And yeah. there's even the whole thing that Lucifer isn't necessarily Satan either. We don't know that. These are all I've, connections that I've were done. I've heard that, and I, I've delved a little bit into that. Um, honestly, there's not really a clear answer from anybody. No, yeah, it exactly. It can kind of be described as just two wings of the same bird. Uh, yes. Why do they call him Light Bearer? I'm, I'm not I, – I don't I can tell you right why they call him that, but – um, I do. Um, I do think the reason, because um, one key tenet of satanic thought is that you're your own god. And yeah. um, basically, uh, when Eve was deceived in the uh, garden, yes, um, a lot of people ask, like, what does that mean? Like, like knowledge and power and all that. Well, that was all about subjective morals and becoming your own god rather yeah than... moral moral relativism yeah right yes exactly so what where's the question my, in there sir my idea about being your own god is that we do have a great potential to be like a god but at the same time we're not the main creator we're we, we come from the same source right but we're not the actual god yeah we, but we have we, godlike tendencies we come from that but we shouldn't try to become that is no uh, i agree christianity's um main uh tenant regarding satanic thought right. yeah the problem where, where christianity really has a problem with 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 and and i generally this comes from the the catholic or evangelical uh, basically, because they, they they truly believe that they want to control or, or have a, a control over salvation. They want to be able to sell you the salvation, that they're the only way to happiness and to heaven, 
and that you know having a very specific perspective of 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 Jesus worship and God worship um, is like their way is the only way, and anything that deviates from that um, is considered evil or satanic, mm-hmm. right? right? So there are plenty of of and even the idea with paganism oh evil paganism i used to be a pagan yeah yeah and there's various forms of paganism no salvation in that that's kind of why i left and yeah the magical realms are all dark i mean you can argue that oh no this is this this is that uh satan is the father of all lies he he can only lie and all magic is darkness at its roots all of it and that's and that's a perspective unless right. of course the person's intention is to do good and do and, and perform service for others right right so it's all about intention Define everything is about good. intention that's, an, that's a whole other well good is anything good, right? is anything that follows natural law anything that okay? follows natural, natural law okay. for the yeah. most part yeah i would agree so you follow it's roughly the 10 commandments like <laughs> give or take Right, that the, there are there's a set of, of natural laws that kind of bind binds morality. Um, right. Plato uh, had his own kind of version of them, um, and Aristotle. Aristotle, sorry, Aristotle, sorry? Funny that you just I thought it was funny that you just said bang morality. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Aristotle. Aristotle called it the good. Right. And, and, and the good is the almost the almost the same thing as what Crowley meant as, 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 as your will do what thy will shall be the whole of the law. Love is the law, love under will. Like what it, it never was never meant to, to represent your whim, a casual whim or your, your necessarily your, 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 um, your superficial desires, right. It's all about right. your true inner path. Now, unfortunately, some people have an inner path that is evil, <laughs> and maybe they were created to be a, a, a provocateur, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you really want to get into ideas of what God's plan is, if Satan exists, it's because, I guess, um, and I don't believe in Satan in that sense. Like, I don't right. look at Satan as, as a conscious entity. I could be right. wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm open to that. Um, but if we're going to go with that idea then everything under the sun, so to speak, is all God's will. So therefore, evil must have a place in it as a sense of, of, of justification for good or as a sense of, a sense of polarity, good and bad. Um, things, well, there, there, the, there, has to be, there has to be a, um, you know, an idea and a concept of, of evil and wrongdoing yeah. so we know what good is. And, and natural law tends to kind of follow that path of as long as you're within your rights like for instance you know you don't kill anybody unless it's self-defense of yourself or someone you care about or you don't cheat somebody your word is your bond like there's all these aspects to and this is truly if if you work your magic within that sector if you perform rituals to help as it's it's like praying the rosary there's there is no difference you're substituting I do words. think that's pagan too. Yeah. <laughs> the and it will get Catholic pagan. church stuff. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But but the idea that when when my grandmother, my nonna, <coughs> okay, when she when my grandfather died and, and you know, or or when, when she was praying the rosary, do you think she's doing that because she's trying to invoke Satan and whatever? No. In yeah. her mind, she's praying to Jesus, to Mary, to God. 
and mm-hmm. and she has all the positive intentions in the world, and those but positive intention intentions doesn't really f- matter at the end of the day. Um, well, that's uh, and the therein lies, man. therein lies the issue. Therein lies the big, big, big is, issue. Um, Who big are you reason, a big to reason, say that yeah. someone's intention doesn't matter? Who well, are okay, you? So a big how reason, how do you know? So a big reason why Walt Disney movies normalize magic and Disney and every Disney film is about magic, magic, magic. They beat it into our fucking heads, right? And the reason is is to normalize and desensitize people to the darkness of magic. Um, the intention doesn't really matter. It's what what you're doing is dark, and that's the end of it. Yeah, but you're not really you're you're not backing that up with any really good philosophical like you have to so I'm gonna agree with you. Media, Disney, Hollywood, a lot of these themes are thrown out there, mm-hmm. right? But it's not necessarily always dark, 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 dark. Right. Right? There is a lot of dark elements to it, but you still have these these stories um that have underlying morals and if someone walks away from that story and in their mind yes has it desensitized them or has it has it um given them an awareness of the idea of magic and all of its um whimsicalness i guess you could say in those types of in a lot of disney stuff whether it's fantasia or or others yeah but there's always there's, there's a moral there like watch fantasia Right. There's a moral to that. And right. it's out there for it's very easy to see. You play with shit that you don't understand. Things are going to fuck up. Right. Mm-hmm. You play with entities and ideas you don't understand. Like if you don't have a respect for it's like a gun, I bring it back to guns. It's the same idea. Tools. If you don't respect the tool and you're not able to harness that tool property because of your maturity yeah. level, you're going to get then fucked it'll by come it. back on you. <laughs> That's because right. Of karma, Which is, right? Exactly. Yeah. So white magic exists. White magic is positive intention. I mm-hmm. use magic um, for various things in my life. And right. there was a time when I was using it for selfish purposes, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't necessarily like to hex somebody or to cause harm onto somebody. But it was right. for a more of a superficial thing. Like, you know what? So like, I want to so meet like, a girl would, like, that's a certain... like burn sage to just like make Not her... burn sage. No, my form, what I would do um, is I would start off most of my rituals with a banishing, uh, lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. Right. which invokes archangels as the first section of it, which is also known as the Kabbalistic cross, right? Which is the first part of the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. Um, and the idea of that is, is in theory, once again, to clear the spirits, to clear the energies, whatever concept, energy, spirit, frequencies, whatever it is that you want to label, um, it's supposed to positive, like to add a sense of positivity in that space you're working in. And then you continue on with your main ritual. I would use a little altar that I got from the set of, of the strain season one in the antique shop that I worked on. And it's a wonderful, it's got a six pointed star on it. It's, it's really cool. And I had a bunch of candles and I would light candles and I would recite. And some people consider this kind of a form of chaos magic because right. it's not overly scripted. But I would repeat and kind of put myself into a form of trance 
Now, I'm not going to say I, it was a, a heavy trance or whatever. It's kind of like if you've ever played role-playing games. I don't know if you guys ever played um, Dungeons & Dragons or... Skyrim, or yep. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, especially ones that don't revolve any like like I'm talking about like a board game type idea with books and stuff where it's all imagination right. and maybe some drawings or pictures. Um, there are times where you can lose track of time. You're so involved in this world this and your imagination runs wild. Right. It's the same idea when you're really deep into something. It's kind of like it's a very similar thing. You kind of lose track of where you are and you're so focused. But at no point does that intention have anything to do with any negative entity. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's your, your, but how you, you can know? make it. So well, you don't know anything at the end of the day, but at the same time, if you're not willingly, if, if like, who's to say that, that Yahweh is an evil. And there are people that believe that, that the old Testament there, God, and, there's a theory you know, that, that, uh, yeah, that Satan basically right? won that battle and that Satan is actually God and God is actually Satan. And he's the bad guy. Do you oh, see how convoluted yeah, this stuff can get? That theory, yeah. <laughs> right. And at the end of the day, everything that we, we have kind of conceptualized as Christianity and the, the, the canonized version of the Bible from the Council of Nicaea, um, like at the end of the day, that's an interpretation as well, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, where, where does it start? Where does it end? So where do we draw the lines to, have... to, to, to verify and to um to um confirm that well this you know your intention doesn't matter so, because um, you're the vehicle it's a chicken i guess my counter to that would be you said in the podcast that you think earth is basically hell right so wouldn't all of the spirits on earth be demonic by nature well no i i didn't necessarily no, mean it as, I don't as no 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 listen okay. i firmly listen whatever it is i fir- come on man come on listen I'll give you a Come on, man. Shit. I firmly believe in yeah. good. Right? I firmly yeah. believe that that you know that there is goodness and that there is a creator consciousness God. I yeah. have no clue what it looks like. He, right. she, it, they, them, zers, or I don't know what its gender <laughs> is. I, in my world, in my reality, we are all a part of this God that we are like, you know, the Bill Hicks thing where he goes into that, um, you know, today a young, mass, a young man on acid realized that all matter is just energy condensed to a slow vibration. Right. We are all one consciousness experiencing itself subjectively, blah, 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 right? I kind of look at it that way, that we are all a splice of God, of this massive consciousness. And we've been imbued with these, with these, uh, these flesh bodies um, to undergo some kind of experience. And Freemasonry does kind of tap into aspects of that. And that's, you know... See, um, like, the way I view that from a biblical understanding is, is, is that is satanic. That's... Uh... That's the whole that we're we're all kind of God. Yeah, but that's, that's only when you negate when you say that you are God and therefore you choose what's right and what's wrong. Right? So when right. you when when you get into moral relativism, that's the kicker. That's the transition point. That's the the um the line that you cross is once you look at things and your objectivity is your subjectivity. 
right? When, when your personal experience now, when you dictate what's right or wrong for you, that's moral relativism. And right. to me, that's where we get into dangerous things. And then that's where you have certain concepts like of good is of, evil and evil. Yeah. Is or good, whatever it is that you want to achieve. Yeah. yeah. Well, it could be an inversion thing. I mean, that inversion of course is part of, of, you know, oh, good and bad an symbolism. Um, but it's, it's, it's never um, – things are never this black and white except for the fact that there is good and there is bad mm-hmm. and that anything you do um, that is within natural law, so it's, it's a higher consciousness ideal. It's the good. It's part of, the, of, 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 of something that exists outside of you, but you're, the, you're still – your consciousness, your spirit, your spark is still a part of this. You don't, you're not dictating – to God per se, but you were a manifestation of it. And therefore, so you, what... you, you basically believe in then what would be this sort of a uh, universal new age, so-called God, this like higher power being. Well, I believe that God is, is uh, kind of almost like a, a mix between, um, uh, I don't know how to describe this. New age is another silly term because, you know, go and try to define that. Um, God is a content in my mind, in my reality, you have this all pervasive consciousness. Well, then what is Yahweh? God in the Bible. Right. Where does Yahweh come from? And what does Yahweh mean? Is it Yahweh? Is it Jehovah? Well, there's different names. I don't The Tetragrammaton, right? Yod, Yod, Hev, Vav, Hev. Can I yeah, interject? That, yeah. Um, when I was trying to break free from the Hebrew roots movement, yeah, I got heavily involved in that. Not heavily, but like pretty involved in it. Um, I had this extremely vivid dream where I was in like a, a like a like a hell and almost like a waiting room, and everything was like crispy looking, like it was all burnt up and shit, right? And uh, there was all these like corpse, almost like corpses that were alive. And I was one of them. And I looked at the wall and there was this inscription, uh, an engraving of uh, the Tetragrammaton and um, like the YHWH, right? Yeah. Right. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I look and I look over at the other so-called corpses that were there and they were all like just like they were all just like basically um oh my god what's the word like they were just writhing and like disgusting looking and involved in self-loathing and they were they like i looked at one of them and one of them goes to me he says i'm a turd like because i knew i was like that like what like i was like i was in hell and and the fact that that tetragrammaton was inscribed on that wall in like flames right uh made me think that people who believe in uh uh the tetragrammaton as god are going to hell that was a fucked up thing for me and i was like holy shit maybe we are really if we actually believe in the bible and we actually believe that uh this man made god uh, named Yahuwah or Yahweh, yeah. maybe we're under a spell and we have to break free from that because 
I think it's a very big spell put upon right. us. So you basically think uh, like the Bible was was a deception. Of yes. Sorts. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Right. Okay. But so when I broke free from that, I realized I don't have to believe in a book and what a, what a book says God's name is. I don't have to believe in right. a name of God. I just have to believe in an actual creator. And that's, that's right. where I was going with that. So it doesn't matter right. what his name is. It doesn't matter. That's the thing. What... Like, I don't care what God's name is. I just like call him God. If it's Yahweh, like, well, that's the you know, I don't point. really care about the name. <laughs> that's, that's why. The thing. That's the exactly what I'm like I think is the tetragrammaton is a spell. Right. It's a code, right? Like even the name of God is, is known as the ineffable or sacred name of God, not to be spoken and uttered. But at the end of the day, it's it's even like, a code. It's coded, right? If if you you can like you can move it, there's a you could kabbalistically decipher what Yod Hevav Hev translates to. And when you translate that. And we talk about that in the actually fourteenth degree of the Scottish Rite, and it's also similarly done uh, in Royal Arch Freemasonry. But it, you come to a different conclusion, which I always found kind of weird. But um, once again, it's teaching a story. It's not necessarily meant to reveal any any you know major profound thing in that sense. But the idea is is that you know this is these are sacred names, and that they have kind of meaning. And, and once you kind of can decode the meaning, you can kind of understand. A deeper principle and and but when you but go into same, that how yeah. far back does that name go i mean like who knows right <laughs> well and that's the um, thing really how far back does anything go i think it's a big spell cast upon us but if, okay so uh, hebrew is really weird because words are also numbers like the word for yes, like gematria moms, yes uh for example, I think like mom is four, dad is five, and kid is nine because four and five is nine. So yeah. um, Hebrew is like kind of a code in a way. Same with Greek, right? Right. And and English can be too if you follow the um, you know the English gematria that um, Marty Leeds teaches. Right. But now, so you're saying that this is one big deception. Let's say we, we go with that. Once again, so let's say Johnny becomes an alcoholic. Johnny drives his car drunk. Johnny kills little Jimmy. Johnny goes to jail. Hmm. Johnny adopts Christianity, yeah. okay, or Islam, or well, we, we, more specifically, the Muslim religion, not necessarily Islam, because that can have another connotation in and of itself. Well, I'm just saying he adopts a form of oh. faith, a stylized, organized faith. Right. And now has decided to change his life, to repent, to act and live in service to others. So is the devil working through Johnny now that he's changed his life? He's no longer right. drinks. He's he's done his sin, a mortal mm -hmm. sin. Right. And in one way or the other, he took a life because of his own irresponsibility no intention to do it, but his irresponsibility led to the death. But now right. is he living in, is, is he, you know, is, are his intentions and his life being changed through, uh, through his new faith? Is that, is that done through, through the will of Satan is his intention is now, well, because he chose once again, this is all under the presupposition that we're, you know, mm -hmm. uh, hypothetically calling the Bible and Christianity a, a deception, let's just say, right. or any religion, right? Like, and, and Basically, what I'm trying to say is that at what point, you know, where does it end? Whether it's I, magic, I would, whether it's would, Christianity, I whether it's 
I would say the Buddhism. devil is working through him. I would just say he um he would be genu uh, genuinely sorry, uh, but he's on the wrong path is what I would say. Yeah, and that's your Doesn't perspective, and, and yeah. that's your right. And that's your right to believe that and have that idea. It's your right to, to want to be like, listen, I think Freemasonry and the occult is all evil and satanic, and I'm not going to sit here and, and, and you know, try to change your mind per mm -hmm. se because that's, you know, that's part of your journey, right? right? I went through that however many years ago. I've come to my own conclusions. I live my life based I'm on the opposite set of because I used to to be about the occult and paganisms yeah. and stuff and I turned around. So yeah, yeah. And, and it's kind of interesting to just do. analyze different journeys of people. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I guarantee you, we sit down. We I'm sure we have a whole lot in common of how oh, sure. we act towards other people, mm -hmm. the respect that we show, you know, the fact that we can come together and we can have a friendly conversation like this. Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 um other people can and, and people like me make up a, i'm not going to say a large percentage but I, but you know in terms of intention anyway the majority the 99.999 percent of anyone who's ever become a mason right, right. you're going to get that small percentage of guys and throughout history more often than not the people that are the most famous masons yeah. tend to be the guys that because they, they they're just famous and it just so happens that there were also masons but most of those guys became masons because it was the thing to do at the time it was something you did to get up in, you know, in certain in certain industries, whether the early days of, of entertainment, uh, in politics, in policing. Um, yeah. If you were in a small town, the lodge was a central aspect to it, right? Well, that's, so that's uh, that's a theory why a lot of these uh, cops get off is because they're masons, and so is the judge, and they flash a and sign. And the judge listen, stuff like that has happened. Absolutely. Yeah. Stuff like that has happened. But you're not going to find that it's generally they actually knew each other, whether they were as a smaller town and they're members right. of the same lodge. Yeah. All right. But not necessarily like I've been pulled over in Canada with or without the Masonic sticker, whether, whether I have my ring on or whatever. And right. I've only been like in Canada, I've never been pulled over by a Freemason. I've been pulled over by a cop whose dad was a Mason. I still got the ticket. Okay, right. my brother though was lucky. My brother got into a, a circumstance, and and the cop happened to be a mason and let my brother mm -hmm. go with a warning. Happened to us in the U.S. where we got pulled over just before the border on our way back from uh, seeing um, uh, Team Canada playing the Gold Cup in mm -hmm. Foxborough, like Boston, and we got pulled over for speeding. And the fact that we were masons all three of us in the car at the time my myself my younger brother and a buddy of mine who <laughs> literally did two degrees and then he quit because he was just tired of hanging out with a bunch of old guys um right, right. And this that's the experience and why so, i mean like we've got a would, revolving door you would man. then kind of understand how um so sort of like how kennedy said we're we're all universally opposed to secret societies yeah and no he's would, not you would kind of understand why the public at some point or another kind of wakes up to how this um, fraternity has a lot of fucking power and uh, at some time or another will will turn against it. Right now. Because their powers, their fucking judges, their presidents, their... Yeah, yeah. And at times the power has been used and abused and masonry has been abused by by people's mm -hmm. um by by what people do. And it's there have been lodges in the UK with you know, a lot of financial crimes. 
there have been circumstances here in, in Toronto where actually there was a temple that was supposed to be built in the eastern part of Toronto, like Toronto East area, like York um, and um, East York. And uh, there was a big deal, a $90 million uh, building and a few of the guys involved. It was all Masons and, and, and somehow the money went missing and two of guys that were part of this, you know, committee that were dealing with all that disappeared with all the money. Like they're going to be crooks and crooks mm-hmm. are going to protect crooks. And sometimes there's good people that protect other good people who might've made a mistake. Yeah. Right. But and, masonry and t- seems to catalyze that. Like uh, you did say in uh, the podcast last month that uh, they like um, f- uh, freedom, but yes, uh, every communist revolution the masons were undoubtedly behind it no not necessarily like, communist pastors got 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 killed right um but if you're talking about Masonic the russian revolution you've touched. got the you've got the bolsheviks yeah. and then you have cuba those are two circumstances but <laughs> cuba the bolsheviks okay once they took power they used Masonic lodges. It wasn't the Freemasons. It's not the power of, of like Freemasonry. You have to understand Freemasonry is an idea. It's an organization. It's a bunch mm-hmm. of guys. And what happens, it's the ideals and, and teachings and symbolism and all that stuff has nothing to do with the behavior of people. Go back to the Illuminati, the Bavarian Illuminati. Right now, we can get into arguments as to the true intention of Item Bauschaft and, and the group in particular, but they did infiltrate German Freemasonry to recruit and they worked through that way. Right? Same with the Bolsheviks, right? You have this conspiracy of, mm. and you know, people like to point, oh, they're, but they're the Jews, right? Oh, the evil, evil Jews, and right? And then Hitler kind of looked at it the same way. Uh, but is it really Jews? Are the Rothschilds really Jews? Uh, like, yeah, they're Jewish. Is, no, but I mean, but is it a Jewish conspiracy? <laughs> is it right? Uh, yeah, the Jews were. Why is it? A, uh, but why is it involved in it? Um, but who are the Jews? By, a, by uh, huh? But who are the Jews? What are um, what? What is Jewish? Is it a religion? From Kazaria, they're actually not from the Kazarian Mafia. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. So then, what? What's the, are, are they a race? And it, it morphed into it's a religion. So I now mean, you got Ashkenazi. You've got. I've, I've pondered this as what are they? I, I I would consider them because there's not they're they're not a race because there's not like DNA that can really identify them. I would say that they're more of a nationality than anything else. Cultural nationality, right? Cultural but, kind of. But what but my, what I'm trying to say is that what the Rothschilds. Or, or you know, the Cohen brothers, or or the Wachowskis, and uh, I'm just saying, like you know, you can name all these names, all these groups, and all these people, but do they represent Judaism? Do they represent what my buddy um, Amiel or or my right. buddy Sam, two very very close Jewish friends of mine that are like salt of the earth people, right? right? And no, does well, that does are they defined by the what, does, what the Rothschilds do? Does the Vatican, right? We would, I think, we would both kind of agree that the Vatican is a dark, sketchy uh, place. That doesn't mean it's all Catholics, right? But as you get up the pyramid of power, you get more and more Jews. And and that's why people start to kind of catch on and look at them because uh, they start to um, see patterns. Now, 
whether you want to say it's you know it's all of them or it's actually Kazars or it's uh, Goldman family or blah 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 right. blah, blah. The point is that they're all Jewish. Yeah, but you know, well, what about all the consistent all pattern. the things done by Christians? Like what? Westboro, the Westboro Baptist Church. Dude, right. that's like there, there's like ten fucking people in there. <laughs> like, but no, but the idea is it's it's you know this behavior evil these evil conspiracies that that are being thrust upon us these things that are happening they're not done. Um, it's not because Judaism is evil. And if you're a Jew, you're serving Satan. You know what I mean? Like it, it has nothing to do with that. Same with Freemasonry. Same with any organization like UNICEF, like anything. You have got corrupting forces that you now you have to understand. Let's go back to this idea of, of, of not having true centralization. Right. The closest thing to centralized power within Freemasonry is that historically speaking, the Grand Lodge, United Grand Lodge of England does tend to hold a lot of the cards in terms of um they're kind of like the, the the big boy on the block and and grand lodges if if around the world if uh they have to kind of work in a, within a set or certain set of standards mm-hmm. um to continue to be recognized and acknowledged by the united grand lodge of england so that if a certain grand lodge in another jurisdiction like the grand lodge in ontario for craft freemasonry which is the grand lodge of canada in the province of ontario that's what it's called um, if, if, you know, if, if it is run corruptly and something happens, whether or not the United Grand Lodge of England really cares about what they really do, but let's just say PRY, something happens and it looks bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that something has gone now. So let's just presuppose a sense of overall corruption. Now, mm-hmm. what will happen is the Grand Lodge, United Grand Lodge of England will be like, okay, well, you know what? You guys have done this, this, and this, you got caught, you look like shit. Um, you're giving us all a bad name. We're going to withdraw recognition for uh, our, our amity. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're no longer going to recognize <coughs> your Grand Lodge. Now, me and every member of Freemasonry in Ontario, every Mason in Ontario, every lodge in Ontario is now considered irregular. We're not allowed right. to go visit any other regular lodge in the world, right? Now, so that's regularity that kind of works. That would happen in various circumstances. It happened in France with the uh, the National Grand Lodge, where the Grand Master of the National Grand Lodge of France, and there was a bunch of corruption that happened, and they had mm-hmm. their recognition pulled. It happened to Georgia, the Grand Lodge of Georgia. Okay, so, so why not just take the safe path and shut them all down? I mean, there's clearly a lot of corruption. But not everything is there. not every. But not everything is corrupt, though. That's the thing. I'm just giving you but, a, an idea that there has been anything secret, though. Is let's kind shut of down every church. No, it's not because secrecy can also save lives. If you're in a battle, if you're in a war, like how how was America created? How is any revolution, any just revolution done? You're going to have spies. You're going to have secrecy. Mm -hmm. Secrecy can be a a virtue. Sometimes the end does justify the means. Unfortunately, that's the reality of existence. But right, so sometimes you have to have secrets. When it's like, but the secrets in Freemasonry, people, that's when. That's why right. there needs Absolutely. to be eyes on But it. do you think policy is really going down in a Masonic Lodge? Or do you think maybe it's going down at, at the Bilderberg When there's politicians meetings? there and mayors and cops? Yeah, I think in front of in, stuff. Yeah, but yeah, in front absolutely. of all the regular people? But they, I'll tell you right now, it doesn't happen. They're not. And what, what, I, what I will say is that you've got other groups that could maybe recruit within Freemasonry. Listen, if it happens within a lodge here and there for sure, listen, I, I, mm. I can't say I'm not there, right? I'm just saying that's there's no inherent 
Um, the secrecy within Freemasonry really isn't much. You right. can find the rituals online. The only things that we're technically supposed to keep secret are meaningless passwords, handshakes, well, and certain hand signs. Because it's it's a it's um. If it doesn't mean anything, why do you fear being shut down? Are you oh, the I widow stunned? I mean, if it's meaning. Less, it's why? meaningless. It's a mode of recognition. That's what it's standard. Right. That's what it is. It's meaningless because of for, by virtue of if you know a, a silly handshake or a certain sign, it doesn't it doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't do anything for me other than if if I'm legit, I can kind of court. That's for sure. But it doesn't. No, it doesn't work. Here's an example. Here's an example. Let's use a local example. All right. I'll I tell you right that. now. Is Here, here's a local just... example. <laughs> if it's so secret. Do you remember Jimmy? Do you remember good. Jimmy Forcillo, the Toronto police officer? His real name is would be Forcillo because oh, he's Italian. I, I think I heard of some some case like that. In, okay, uh, remember he shot, shot that native guy, right? No, he wasn't native. His Sammy Yatin. Sammy oh, okay. Yatin, who was uh, I forget what his background, Syrian, Yemen, something like that. Right. Okay. And he was on the streetcar and he exposed himself to a bunch of girls and a bunch of people. Then okay. he pulled out a knife and oh, then everyone was scared. Yeah. Okay. Remember <laughs> then Jimmy comes in officer on the scene with his, his sergeant next to him and he shoots him nine times, mm -hmm. right? Three shots. And then the guy goes down and he continues to shoot. And at mm -hmm. the beginning it was kind of like, well, the guy had a knife and he scares up there. People were rallying behind mm -hmm. Jimmy for, for Chilo. Okay, we'll call him. I think, the, I think the only knife that he had was his heart on. No, 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 no. The kid had a knife. He had a Boeing knife. Like he had a, and and. But what I'm trying to get to now is Jimmy. Jimmy is a free, was a Freemason. Okay, yeah. I know him. I knew him. He was at my installation when I was installed as Worshipful Master of Dork Lodge Number Three One Six in right. Thornhill. He was at my installation. I had been to his lodge several times. He had been to mine. I knew mm -hmm. him to be a seemingly nice guy. I didn't know him very very well. But as a cop, he blew it, right? In a circumstance right. where you had this kid who was who was isolated on the streetcar by himself, he used lethal force, and in my opinion, mm -hmm. unnecessarily. Now, we yeah. didn't know the full circumstance until we were finally able to see the footage right. from inside the streetcar. At the beginning, a lot of us Masons, we backed him. Now, did he get away with it? As a Freemason, well, no, did he not go? No, did he not, not publicly anyway? I mean, he didn't. So, I mean, what was the his extent of his special there. treatment? Yeah, what was the extent of his special treatment? So, our grandmaster, I can't remember <clears> if it was at the time, before or after, Donald Campbell, um, happened to be a, a, a staff sergeant or something to that effect. Anyway, so I was pretty up there in, in Toronto police. Okay. Right. Now, Jimmy was given desk duty. Okay. He was given desk duty, pending investigation, all that stuff. Once investigation mm -hmm. was done, then he was let go. Right. On top of that, he was also expelled from Freemasonry. Right. Okay. So was he given his sentence? Was he convicted of second degree murder? No, uh, probably because it wasn't really second degree murder in the first place. I would assume. Whatever he I was would have to reanalyze the case, honestly. Go look back in the case. In the end, he was punished under the law mm -hmm. without any special treatment other than the fact that unfortunately or, or fortunately, however, whatever side you're on, mm -hmm. he was given the benefit of the doubt at the beginning. He kept his job on desk duty until yeah. further information was revealed. And then that was no longer possible. Mm -hmm. Now that's an example. Another example. Another example is Paul Bernardo. Oh yeah. He's the guy who uh, he raped a bunch. Of How old are you? 
I'm uh, 25. Yeah, Paul wow, Bernardo. You're baby, you're kind a of baby. before my time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think he's baby. Like, still in jail, isn't he? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, he's never getting out. No, he's, he's in Kingston. Never Pen. getting out. He, well, uh, Kingston Pen closed, and then they moved somewhere else. I forget where. So we're, weird we're... how he's got a big fucking fan base, isn't that? Oh my well, god. Well, and most a lot of killers do, but but yeah. ultimately, <laughs> Paul Bernardo was a Freemason. Did you know that? I didn't. Know um, that. I didn't know that, but I'm also not surprised that that's the case. But why did he become a Freemason? Do you know why he became a Freemason? Nope. He became a Freemason because in his early days, when he was uh, a law student, to make extra money, he was uh, right when in the ni- early ni- late 80s, early 90s, when, when uh, cigarette taxes really began to be a thing, right? right. Uh, basically, he would go down to the States and he would smuggle cigarettes into Canada. He would smuggle stuff back and forth, okay, through the border. And he thought that being a Mason... And if he put a sticker on his car or did something, whatever, at the border, right. it would get him through him, which it did. For the most part, it did. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, it worked. Now, when he was caught, and they found out, of course, you know, the whole videotapes with, with Carla making the, the deal with the devil, so to speak, and she got away pretty much scot-free. Um, did, did he get away with anything? Being a Mason? No. Well, well, He's no, in jail but, for the rest of his there's life. There's kind of a line where he committed, like, heinous acts. Yeah, but there have been other people throughout history that have committed heinous acts and they've gotten away with it so far. Look at Hillary Clinton, look at all sorts of of all sorts of people in all sorts of areas. Right. Right. Like it's not because he was a Mason or not or this, that or the other. But that doesn't mean that that, that being a Mason doesn't help. It doesn't hurt. Right. It definitely doesn't hurt unless you're going to get someone, a judge or someone that is very anti-Masonic or a cop that's right. very anti-Masonic. And believe me, yeah. they do exist. Yeah, right? if, you're but, not playing, if you're not playing moralistically, then you're going to get fucked either way, right? Yeah. Yeah, ultimately, ultimately, yeah. But the idea, what, what I'm trying to get at is that it just by virtue of membership doesn't guarantee you anything. It was never meant to. And if anyone, like, if people, you know, and once again, I'm never going to tell you that conspiracies don't exist. I'm right. never going to tell you that, it, that, that you are completely paranoid and that you have nothing to worry about it because that's wrong. Remember, right. I, I believed enough of conspiracy culture to, at the beginning to be against Freemasonry because, yes, the opportunity is there. Things have happened. There have been lodges. There have been grand lodges that have acted very inappropriately. Mm-hmm. There have been pedophile rings where they have used Masonic lodges in the UK. And I'm As sure like some of the of stuff like a front, right? Like yes. A, yeah. And and, and 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 I'm willing to bet that um, I don't know. Do you know much about Kathy O'Brien? Uh, yeah, uh, she was uh, she was forced, I think, to have sex with uh, Bill Clinton, I think. Well, uh, various people. And if you read her book and her reader story and Ted Gunderson, former FBI guy, I believe, the what? guy who kind of rescued her from uh, human trafficking ring. Right. Because right. she was part of an a human trafficking ring and she claims that gerald ford was one of the people that um she was serviced to and that it took place in um, uh in the banquet hall of a, of a masonic temple i believe in michigan in particular right right to say that that didn't happen i can't tell you that that's a lie that right. that doesn't happen right and that's not what i'm trying to say at all what yeah. i'm trying to say is that these things do happen these things mm-hmm. are happening 
right? But it's not by virtue of being a Mason that Freemasonry is, is the path to this evil. I'm saying that people have taken the opportunity to take a, a, an organization that has a very minor, small sense of exclusivity. It's a very, very minor aspect to it because we state our meetings. We don't hide our buildings, right? We've got our, our symbols on the buildings. It's not you like don't in have parts any of Europe. windows, though. I always found that kind of weird. Some, no sometimes windows. we do, but but it depends where. Because in the temple, you don't need any windows. But there's windows right. in the front or the back. Sometimes there's stained glass, right? Like yeah. it, it all depends on the building, right? Why but is that? and lodges are like always like almost always near churches. They always look like really kind of just weird. Just, like, have you guys like, ever been to the Masonic Lodge? I've never been inside, but I've I no. have one uh, locally, very local. Yeah, I lodges, do know somebody lodges who had a job at one, and they're always the near churches. That's true. Sometimes, actually. yeah, they're always right near. A yeah, church. yes and no. It 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 depends. It could be happenstance. It could be a, zo- a zonal thing, sure. right? Like certain buildings and stuff. Like, um, it, it's. I guess it could, it could be very like well considered be considered like a religious building, like legally, like zoning wise. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't think it's considered a religious building. I'd have to look into mm-hmm. that. But, okay. um, but what I'm trying to say is that if if you ever look, they do open houses. Like I mean, before COVID, it was a lot easier. Once a year, twice a year, you would have various temples all over the GTA in Ontario. It was a day where all temples had the opportunity to open up, allow people in. You get to see the inside. You get to see answer questions, do whatever. Um, and of course, that's never for certain people, that's never going to be enough because it's like, well, you still could be hiding something, right? So I can understand how that's not going to be like, okay, everything's fine here. And then you walk out. But, right. but, the, but there's nothing really actually secret in Freemasonry. The true secrets, what we consider like how the many deep, degrees deep, deep are secrets. there? Because I always thought there were 33. And I think you said that there could have been 97, which. Uh, if you actually, include Memphis Mizraim, if you if you yeah. include the the Egyptian rite, Memphis Mizraim, yeah. um, they they do ninety seven degrees, but that's a completely different form of Freemasonry. It's a different breed. It's a, it's a different stream. So mm-hmm. there are people. Mizraim not... is uh, Egypt, right? Yeah, the Egyptian rite. Yes, the, which was um, basically uh, Giuseppe Garibaldi. Um, unified the, the 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 two Egyptian rites, Memphis and Mizraim, and basically combined them into one, um, and that became very very popular in um, in Europe and continental Europe in the early 1800s. So you have different streams of Freemasonry that do not agree with each other. Okay, there are wars, political wars within Freemasonry, right? Like there's like, all these things that are like silent. Uh, silent wars political wars your form of freemasonry is better than ours or ours is better than yours there are people that do not even believe anything past the third degree is freemasonry there are purists that freemasonry is three degrees anything else is null and void is is extra is unnecessary is just a scam for money that's what some people believe then you have other people that believe them no 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 the Scottish Rite embodies mm-hmm. the original concepts like and ideas. There's like 600 fucking degrees. Yeah. There's... Well, who knows, really? But then there's all these different quasi-groups that call themselves free. In Italy alone, you've got all these different Grand Lodges that all consider themselves to be the original true Grand Lodge. You don't have that same right. issue in North America as much. You still do. You've got fake or, or what we call clandestine or irregular lodges or Grand Lodges. Right, so just, like that, just like that, just like just like just like Christianity has uh, schisms. 
Exactly. No, oh, is, yeah, is, is, is Catholicism is Catholicism side. true Christianity? Is Protestantism is the United Church is the Anglican Church is the Baptist Church true Christianity? Right. We can argue yeah. all these things. It's it, all that about in different Italy. interpretations. It's, that's why interpretations, but they all operate simultaneously. Who's who's real Freemasonry? So if one group does something that's terrible, right? Do they represent the other Masonic group? Is the, mm -hmm. If there's a, a conspiracy within the Scottish Rite um, to take over and destroy the lower degrees and buy out all their buildings by force and to monopolize and whatever, like there are people that believe that, that people believe that. And once again, Scottish Rite in the U.S. is broken up into two major distinctions. Yeah. You've got the southern jurisdiction and the northern jurisdiction, right? What mm -hmm. we know as the most you know, popular and the one that Albert Pike revamped and, and, and kind of like brought to its heyday. Um, uh, is the southern jurisdiction as well. Actually, in Canada, our Scottish Rite in Canada is under the auspices of the southern jurisdiction in, in the U.S. But then you've got different forms of Scottish Rite in Europe. What happens in the U.K. in the Scottish Rite has nothing to do with Scottish Rite in Italy, has nothing to do with the Scottish Rite in the U.S. You've got the, um, the rectified Scottish Rite. Why is it Scottish? Ah, like, did okay. it come from Scotland or, or like, a Scottish <laughs> or, person? Or because I never the organization, understood. Yeah, so the organization, the Scot there, ancient but... accepted Scottish right, ancient accepted Scottish right is originally derived from France, known as the right of perfection in when it was 25 degrees. The reason why it eventually got called the Scottish right was because those original extra degrees um, – were basically uh, you had the, the the established three degrees system, right? Mm -hmm. And then you had these little extra little degrees that guys were going around claiming that they had charters from this various grand lodges, um, right. and they had a charter and authority to confer this higher degree, a fourth degree, a fifth degree, a sixth degree, I think up to nine. Um, was an, an original in, incarnation of it before it even became the rite of perfection. Right. But it was they were known as the Scots Master Degrees, and there were these mysterious degrees that were conferred in Scotland um, at a time when Scotland was not on board with the Grand Lodge system of England. Okay, just because in 1717 you have the United Grand Lodges formed, or the Grand Lodge of England original name was formed right. um scotland didn't give a shit right a lot of lodges in scotland hell and if you go to scotland to this day they have their own grand lodge of scotland the grand mm -hmm. lodge of scotland does not dictate shit all to lodges in scotland right, right. whereas in other jurisdictions okay. the grand lodge is is the end all and be all that they are they set the rules everything like they're the administrators they pretty much like yeah lodges can independently kind of exist but they have to do what Grand Lodge says, right? There's, but in Scotland, it doesn't work that way. In Scotland, there were well-established lodges well before the, a Grand Lodge system was ever acknowledged and used in Scotland. So Scottish, <laughs> Scottish lodges can give the finger to their Scottish Grand Lodge and take what they say as advisement, and that's it, right? Okay. Right. So what happened was, but you see, you had this, 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 this kind of this set of degrees done in Scotland, which they believed were more important, more... Um, legitimate than what was going on in France, Italy, England, or anywhere else. So some people believe that those degrees actually were originally came from the Templars, in a sense. Right. Now, everything I'm saying is a history, a very convoluted history that various <coughs> Masonic 
authors and scholars argue about to this day, right? Like, it's so this whole thing is this is what the hardest thing is is like. There's so much. It's such a convoluted. It's it's a clusterfuck. So of you're history basically and, and, saying it's just a bunch of fucking noise on. Uh, it could be if you if you if you care to try to break it down that way. Or you can enjoy it for what it is, right? It yeah. is a system of self-help. It, it's a yeah. the, the original self-help system that a lot of people get into. And if you take it seriously and, and, and if you mm-hmm. do it with all the good intentions, it has the same effect that any good church will have on somebody. And mm-hmm. although we don't offer, Freemasonry doesn't offer salvation and say that you have to believe in any particular doctrine to go to heaven, right. you have a universal openness about you can believe in any religious doctrine as long as you kind of follow the principles of a benevolent God, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. And once you stray from those principles, like many have, we're Masons, uh, once they break broken certain rules, many do not get away with it. Others right. have, right? It's it's not a it's it's a case per case circumstantial conspiracy circumstance. Like that's how it works. There's not one big top-down control grid of of power, of centralized power in Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. There's various pockets people have used and manipulated it over time. For good and for bad. You've got revolutions, the Italian Revolution, the French Revolution. The Italian Revolution's, you know, heavy, heavy Masonic hand between... Yeah, Mazzini when they're Gattabaldi. behind, like, revolutions and shit, that's when I... that that That's when just, like, my spidey senses start tingling. Cause, well, that's, like, I think like that's a, what, when they have know. that fucking amount of power, dude, like, you gotta understand why people... Uh, but what was the power to I don't I don't think I don't, I, I'm interjecting here I don't think it's um the Freemason that the Freemasons have uh, a, a power structure I just think that the people that Network got it structure were, were Freemasons and they're it's naturally like, cohesive like, that's what I've yeah noticed it's, it's about not, them is that they like call each not, other weird names and shit it's, it's just Freemasons have a power structure. I think it's the people that got into power were by happenstance Freemasons, you know? Yeah, and right. some people use Freemasonry to gain temporal power because yes, in, in that, that particular it, jurisdiction... Yes, definitely it's an arm of power. Yeah, say. it can be. In some countries, it really does have a lot of a lot of sway. Yep. But it's just not a hard and fast rule. You go, yeah. to, you go to a country like the Philippines, go to the Philippines, if you're a Freemason, especially if you're a white Freemason, yeah. you are treated like a king over there. They seem to because of like white. It's, it's weird. Well, <laughs> yeah, but the same thing. It's the same thing if you're, if, you're, um, if you're from somewhere else and you go to somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, women want to fuck you because you're an outsider you know you're exotic and and whatever right right but there are certain political things in certain countries that that the people in those countries for years and years and years have been exposed to a certain reality in the philippines you had that the masonic class was considered the the high class you don't have that in north america okay you have that in 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 cuba as well in cuba cuba is one of the only places that, that communism that are, that are communist that where the dictator did not get rid of freemasonry and there's a specific reason for that was because they kind of manipulated and made deals how to deal with them. with yeah. with with the, the the lodges and with freemasonry in cuba 
during the revolution. And the Masons made those deals for number so, one, for survival. Number two, um, because it allowed them survival. I mean, they didn't get killed. And well, number two, it allowed them to continue on what they were doing and yeah. to amplify their sense of power within Cuba. So when Castro, an entire government feel like fears them, that's, that's pretty telling. But is it a fear thing? I don't think it was. No, a, it was. No, it was partially fear. fear. But now, now let's turn it around, right? You've got freedom fighters. You've got you've got the United States. You've got English, right? You've got England. You've got Britannia, and you've got the colony, the Commonwealth, and you've got the U.S. and you've got your founding father Americans. You've got your George Washingtons, your Thomas Jeffersons, bind, binding together and revolting, right? <laughs> and how many of them were Masons? Quite All a few. of them except the ones that got killed, I think. That's, yeah, that's kind right. Of that's kind of <laughs> Benedict, funny. Benedict Arnold was a Mason, and he betrayed the Americans, right? And yeah. Right? But you still had your found, major founding fathers, and most of the, the, the signers, or at least a, a large percentage of the signers of the Declaration of Independence were mm. Freemasons, and they were working through their Masonic ideals of life and liberty, of equality, Um to achieve that goal. But hey, what about the English Masons? Could this have been a war between lodges in the US and lodges in England? Was it a Masonic war? People believe so, a schism in and of itself. Other people believe mm -hmm. that, oh no, it was a well, vast conspiracy people... that the US was an ex a Masonic experiment yeah. with the English allowing them to break free only to, of course, in 1871 through the Vatican and whatever and, mm -hmm. uh, and the incorporating and the incorporation of the U.S. in 1871 only to bring them back. Like, it, who knows? Well, who some knows? people think the whole 1776 thing uh, was fabricated. Of course they do. I, of I, course I don't know how do. I feel about that. But. Because as long as we're going to think and have the ability to, frink, uh, to think, Frank, to think Frank. clearly. Be, <laughs> I need a new word. Hey, I'm, hey, I'm Professor Frank. I'm hey, yeah. oh, oh. Um, <laughs> Right? If we're going to be free thinkers, you know, yeah. we're going to be allowed to be cynical about certain things, and yeah. we have every right to be suspicious. Mm -hmm. So I have no problem with you believing in what you believe. You're 25 years old. Yeah. When I was 25, I thought I still was, I think, in my transition point, at that stage and yeah. and I, uh, to, and I uh, was an atheist sure. too by the way mm -hmm. and freemasonry kind of pulled me out of that right, right. looking into so, so the, what yeah. what what like what religious uh, doctrine do you follow if you follow any of them i don't really follow any religious doctrine i do like to read the bible that's, here and there that's the um, same same thing with me man i don't yeah. follow any uh, I believe religion. I just believe that they all have uh, the best intentions, right? Oh, just you guys like need Jesus, man. <laughs> they have Christ. Seriously, all the self-serving just... stuff, man. It's demonic. You, you oh, yeah. There's no self-serving. If if everything oh. I do is for the betterment of my life with my wife, if I if I believe in 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 a god or an entity or a creator a benevolent consciousness creator that created yeah. all things that we are all a part of it like it's our father right look at it this way our, our parents created us we were yeah. uh you know a sperm and an egg and they created us we are a part of them just like we are yeah. a part of god 
but I don't believe that we're separate. I, I believe that we are a connection too. And it's not self-serving right. if I help my neighbors and, 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 you know, live my life to, of course, being able to eat and have a roof over my head. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but I still live my life in, in, with a positive sense of lo- wanting to love my neighbors, giving everybody a, 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 a you know, um, a fair benefit shake, of the, benefit of the, the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. Yeah. And well, how is that self-serving? You know, like mm-hmm. I, I don't see it as self-serving. I don't think, I think it's just such an, a narrow perspective. I, I think right. once you, once you adhere to one, um, uh, one dogmatic yeah. way of thinking, then That's you right. are not going to be, uh, you are not going to be other centered. Right. Exactly. I, I'm not a big so fan of dogma. You, you uh, guys would more or less believe that the Bible is just like uh, kind of just, uh, what's it called? Um, how do I say it? Uh, the Bible would guideline? be like a, well, yeah, um, kind of a dogma that's meant to, I guess, control you? No. Well, okay. No. It can be used that way. Like be, yeah. Right. But let me ask you this, Fraser. Do you think, um, oh my God. Do you take the Bible, would you consider the Bible literal? Would you take everything in it literally? Or would you look at it as I struggled with that for so long, man. Like, Is it the direct word of God when so many people have had a hand in its manipulation over the years? What about the books that were never included? Of the Council of Nicaea? Like Enoch. Why were they not included? Yeah, I've definitely pondered that. I I will just, I, I will fully say that I... I my and what version of the Bible? My correct? knowledge regarding that is limited. Um, the version aspect. So what the, you're saying is you've got limited knowledge. There's different. Um, Sorry, well, <laughs> that was my. Of course, I'm my... a person. I mean, well, what was her name? Have limited knowledge. Who interviewed uh, Peterson? Uh, oh man, my wife would know. Um, Nancy something or anyway, she kept interrupting him and kept saying. So what you're trying to say is that you think all women should be beaten and shot. <laughs> right? Yeah. Do you remember that? Anyway, sorry. So what you're saying is you don't have enough knowledge to be able to um, to make I'm a comment still on that. Trying to um, analyze that honestly is is was the Bible fucked with at some parts? Absolutely. I've even heard that um, actually the Bible was written by fucking Masons. <laughs> but Masons weren't really around back then, and any type of organization. Yeah, I think certain versions of the Bible. I think certain versions of the Bible were, uh, you know, the there aren't of really different versions. Actually, uh, they're more or less different uh, translations. Translations, yeah, because it's all from the uh, same text. And then you sure. had Martin Luther do the first translations out of. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess out of I think Latin. It was Roman to German, I think, is what he did. Or like yeah, a, it was Latin. Roman Latin, Latin was Latin to, to German, to, and yeah. then and then to Greek, and then you had the offshoot of the Greek Orthodox. Um, but to me, oh. it the Bible is a book mm-hmm. that contains within it a mixture of history. Mm-hmm. Very loose history. It could be a very accurate one. It could be a a, a very accurate history told. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's very accurate, honestly. Oh, I, really? think it's, 
shit. Okay. No, See, I do. I, I, but I think, I think it's code too. I think that there's so much. I think it's everything in all things. It can be so many different things, and that's kind of why it's remained so powerful over the years and such uh, an iconoclast mm-hmm. in and of itself. Sure, it's but I also like, I like, like, uh, um, fuck. Uh, you can think it's real or not, but the, I guess the main point would be that it's still the most popular book in the world. Yes, 100%. Yeah, 100%. But I don't think that – I think most of the Bible is allegorical and not – Yeah, why not? Astro-theological. Astro-theological, yeah. Yeah, as opposed to literal. Like, uh, did some guy actually, like, part the fucking Red Sea? You know, like – Right, I see what you mean. Could have happened, though, you know? Well, it could have been the Ark of the Covenant, and that's probably why Pharaoh was chasing Moses. It's because they stole the Ark of the Covenant from the Great Pyramid, which it was housed there as being part of a capacitor for powering the uh, the electricity that was running through Egypt at the time. And oh, that shit. Moses yeah, took off with it because yeah. the Bible has two conflicting stories where the Ark of the Covenant went with them, but at the same time, God gave Moses instructions on building it. A later point in time, right? So now, could it be that they took one and that that's what parted the sea? That it was some kind of interesting, some sort of device that was used to manipulate the water? There's all these interesting influences. The Egyptian pyramids themselves are very fascinating because it's like absolutely they're they. I think they know now that they weren't used for like tombs or. Burials. I don't think they ever really thought that. I think uh, that was a, a lie. That was a that lie that was the, told. To hush, to keep the to keep the true nature of it secretly. It's made with, uh, I think, uh, it's made of electroconducting granite. Yes. Or something like that. But what about Holy the deposits? Shit. There were chemical, certain chemical deposits of certain minerals and stuff too. That um, like electrum, lined... which is an alloy of silver and gold. That's really interesting. Perhaps the obelisks were there to draw power through the atmosphere. We're getting very Tesla-like technology here. Yeah, dude, very, for like, sure. Um, f- like free energy, flat Earth type technology. Yeah. What about uh, what about Noah's Ark? I mean, do you think um, do you think it's an allegory for them storing DNA of all the I animals so. on the uh, on the I Ark? I believe that. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. That's an interesting yeah. idea. But I've never heard that before. What, there was a flood, right? Like a science, uh, there modern was a flood, yeah. mainstream science, scientism. Um, acknowledges a flood right so there was a flood right it it absolutely is its own religion that's for damn sure absolutely you gotta Uh, believe in the vaccine bro yeah right and (laughs) it's scientism it's scientism is truly what's trying to negate god not and trying to hide god not freemasonry that's all the problem every is a big problem i have with with uh with a lot of the flat earth community and being someone who does you know kind of sway towards the flat earth uh model um, you know uh, the idea that the Freemasons are trying to hide God. Like, there's nothing in Freemasonry. Freemasonry is all about connecting to God. It's all about it. It's like ad nauseum. It is is is. It's if anything, it's like everything is about the Great Architect. At no point are we trying to say that science is. No, it's is all about secret, God. secret shit, overtaking governments, mayors, <laughs> governors, <laughs> prime ministers. <laughs> It's all about that shit. It's all about power. It's all about fucking all that crap. 
for people that want it for that reason. The but I haven't gained any power through masonry, and it right? has fulfilled me in a lot of ways up until now. Of course, at our our our, our a lot of our anyway our lodges in, in Ontario have only opened up as of November and have been shut down since March 2020. Oh, so they um, at, they mandate the shot or? Yeah, and that's also been oh mandated to, to now. That's in Ontario. That doesn't mean that's happening in Saskatchewan. Doesn't right. mean that's happening in other states in the U.S. Right. So our Grand Master took it upon himself to mandate that. Now, technically speaking, I can use an exemption. Now, my wife and I, we we got uh, a nurse practitioner to write us two exemptions. Now, according to the Ontario. Uh, provisions for the exemptions. It's supposed to follow uh, everything that the province uh, outlined. Um, So it should be a legal proper exemption. And my Grand Lodge um, would have to accept that. And the Lodge, if I were to go to Lodge, I'd have to present that. Now, I'm a member of multiple Lodges. Actually, I left a Lodge that I was a member of um, because there are a few guys in that lodge that are, are COVID uh, vaccine Nazis. Coronaphobes, right? yeah. Coronaphobes, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, because, COVID, you know, they're, they're stouting, <laughs> they're, they're, they're going on and they're, you know, they're exalting the, uh, the virtues of science and vaccination, yet they're afraid to be around unvaccinated people. It doesn't make no sense. Oh, oh that's a funny one, man. Lost on that's them. a the funny one. Complete. It's like, my vaccine, it won't, it won't work right. unless you're vaccinated. Yeah, so like it's you know, and a lot of us are dealing with that, and there's a a a, a good thirty percent, I'd say, of guys in mm-hmm. Ontario Freemasonry that are not down with what's going on right now. There are a lot of us that are whether we're vaxxed or not, but predominantly this particular group don't believe in the vax. Some mm-hmm. of them do, but they believe in the freedom of choice, mm-hmm. and there are tensions and and they're brewing within Masonry right now um, this, in this province. Right, this, this is where I. Yeah, this is where I see the evil is infiltrating even the Freemasonry. Right, absolutely. But there's a large number of us that want to fight back against this, right? And there may be a mutiny. I don't know. Maybe a bunch of us are going to get together and start saying, hey, listen. There's going to be a big Masonic war is what you're saying. Well, in Ontario. A big conflict, at least. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) So, right, because... This isn't happening in the various states. There are various Grand Lodges in the U.S. that remained open the whole time. Left it up to the Lodge. Hey, we're a right. free country. You want to meet and, and take the risk? Guess what? Life's a risk. Go. Uh, enjoy. Practice like your to... liberty. Yeah, dude. Right? I would like to say it's not a Freemason war. It's, it's a It's a spiritual battle. Uh, yes. and, and Satan infiltrates Freemasonry. Just like it infiltrates Christianity, Islam, yep. everything, everywhere, everything, That's right. man. All the grifters all, in, in, all, in the evangelical all world. We're all churches in are, are are full of just false doctrines now, and just fucking dude. Gross. Everything so, is everything is infiltrated, man. Like, like oh man, you got fucking everything. like pastors just saying complete nonsense about you have to vaccinate into our church. Jesus would want you to be vaccinated. It's like, no, no. Jesus believes in in medical autonomy, (laughs) medical freedom. I'm sorry. Jesus would vote for Joe Biden. If you're a Christian, you'll vote for Biden. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, disgusting. Honestly, dude. 
And that's the major conclusion that we can kind of boil everything down to, right? That everything kind of comes down to mm-hmm. a time and place and a circumstance. And not everything is as black and white as, as we think it is. And not everything, you know, is as crystal clear as we think it is. Yeah. And that there is a lot of good in areas that we may have a, a, a prejudice against. There's a lot of bad in things that we thought were good, right? Yeah. So uh, no matter what, like, we each have our own experience and I don't look at, you know, uh, anyone else negatively because they have a different way of, of, of a different path to mm-hmm. uh, a superficial difference towards right. this path of goodness, right? Like yeah. my will, according to Crowley, the will, your will isn't your win. Your will is oh, that. You love that dude, don't you? Fuck, man. No, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, if you I, your like, balls you read deep Crowley. Crowley, Crowley, not Crowley. Crowley was a brilliant guy, and he wrote some really interesting things. He did a lot of fucked up shit. Smart people are fucked up in the head, man. Right, but that doesn't a lot of them off themselves too, you know. But it's like art, (laughs) right? You can enjoy the art. My favorite band is Tool. Okay, other than Genesis, my favorite band is Tool. Maynard is a fucking dick. Okay. Yeah. So. Now, is he a dick to everybody? No, but he can be a dick. I've had friends, I've met him. I was very close to meeting him and very close to meeting Danny Carey once years ago, right? And, and Danny Carey's into a lot of yeah. stuff. I was into Crowley, yeah. magic stuff, a lot of interesting shit. And the Danny guy Carey's. ran away from me like I was a fucking, like I was chasing him with a knife. Right. Because, oh my God, a fan wants to talk to me. Like, he doesn't know that I'm an intel- decently intelligent guy and that right. I wasn't going to go ask him for an autograph or well, a picture. He might think that you, like, you, like, had a, like a gun or something. Well, no, I, I think he just didn't want to have anything to do with a fan at that moment in time. Right. Right. Instead of doing what I would do, was I would have been like, hey, what's up? And if right. a person's a threat, then you judge them as a threat. But if they want to have an intelligent conversation and not ask anything of you other than two minutes of your time and a handshake, right? right? Like, what, what would have been the big deal? I've met plenty of other musicians and rock stars in my life that have been amazingly awesome and didn't judge me right away, right? right. I've had some experiences where I've been thrown out of a dressing room by a rock star, right? Oh, really? Yeah, Richard oh. Patrick of Filter. Oh, I love Richard Patrick. Oh, um, dude, he threw me out of his dressing room. Okay. Oh shit, dude. Well, what were yeah. You doing in his room? Okay, this is a fun story. All right. <laughs> so I used to sneak backstage a lot at shows. I used to go to a lot of shows in the early two thousands. Um, yeah. In that circumstance, it was at the warehouse before it became the cool house. And so Fraser's right taking with... shit, by the way. That's okay. <laughs> oh, so, when um, great great great, great podcast <laughs> moments here. One of the guests is uh, releasing himself. Um, <laughs> relieving himself. Out. Sorry. Um, so, Richard mic, Patrick. Is, is my mic that good? <laughs> <laughs> taking a piss. I didn't think anyone would figure out. What happened okay. was I ended up getting backstage because I made friends with the drummer of the opening band. So this was when uh, Filter's second album came out. Oh my God, why can't I remember the name of the second album? Uh, title of Record. Title of Record, correct. So, Love that uh, album. Yeah, that's my, it's definitely my favorite album. Anyway, so I, I, so Simon Says was the opening band, and they were handing out merch and shit before the show. They got down to me. They ran out of stuff. The drummer of the band felt really sorry, so he's like, hey, after the show, come find me. 
All right. And I'll take you backstage and I'll get you some shit and we'll sign some stuff. Cool. Awesome. Now, the day before this, Richard Patrick did an interview at, at, at the edge. I was at that interview. I was behind him at various points in the interview. He would kind of not, he was asking a question. He couldn't remember the answer. And I was always a smart ass. A couple of times I even helped him with the answer to a question that he should have known, right? right? Like the title of the album that just happened two seconds ago with Dave here. Um, and, and so I kind of thought that he would recognize me, uh, you know, at a later point. So flash forward to the next day we're at the show. Um, Sorry, at the interview, I ran into my buddy who was a drug dealer, mostly pot and and um, and uh, mushrooms. Okay, and he was going to the show. So what happened was, eventually after the show, I met up with the drummer of Simon Says. He right. brings me backstage, gives me a bunch of merch of their band, signed a bunch of drumsticks, gave me a tape. Right back then, they were still handing out demo tapes. Right, and um, and then. He brings me into the dressing room where everyone, both bands are drinking and having fun, right? Except for Richard's not there. So at one point, I went up to um, – oh, I saw that my buddy, the dealer guy, happened to be there as well, but he disappeared at one point. So I went up to my oh, buddy. I already interject here, but you're talking yeah. about the brother of uh, T-1000 from Terminator Yes, too. Robert Patrick's brother, <laughs> Richard Patrick. Really so – so the band bass player for Filter, right, Frank Cavanaugh, basically was, you know, smoking a joint. And I took a couple hits from his joint. And I was like, hey, man, you remember my buddy who was hung out with you guys yesterday? And I think he sold you guys some shrooms or some shit. He's like, oh, yeah, man. He's next door with Richard. Go say hi. Cool. Thanks, Frank. So oh what God. do I do? I went next door. I opened the door to the dressing room, next door dressing room. I see my buddy in direct line of sight on the couch. Cool. He's got a little book and a calculator. Obviously, he's doing some business. I go, hey, bro. <laughs> I sit down and start chatting him, chatting with him. I turn around and look ahead. And now that I'm inside the room. I have an, a view of the dressing room, which then leads. It's like a locker room area with the couch and kind of chill spot, which leads into the showers. Right. Out from the shower comes the naked Richard Patrick. Oh, fuck. Takes oh one look at me, starts flipping out, calling security. Doesn't give me a second to even, like, you know, be like, hey, my, I didn't know. Well, you can kind of understand his perspective. 100%. Right? 100%. <laughs> but he still grabbed me by the fucking hair and threw me out of his dressing room. Richard did. Richard Patrick. Oh, at that well, point, Frank, I'd be like honored at that point, right? Oh, I'd be Frank, honored to be beaten up by, by a guy like that. Frank and and the drummer of Simon Says came out and they heard the kerfuffle, realized, oh shit, maybe we shouldn't have told him to go next door. And then they all felt bad for me. And then I got a bunch of filter fucking posters. This they were giving me all sorts of shit, dude. I when I left that show, I couldn't even carry half the shit they gave me because they felt so bad. But that's in fucking end, hilarious. In the end, Richard Patrick oh apologized to me, and he signed uh, a, a CD case for uh, title of record. That is a really fucking funny story. Dude, yeah, that's a, a great fucking story. I, love yeah, I have it. a very, I have a similar story, but it wasn't nothing like I didn't get thrown out. But I became friends with Stabbing Westward over something that kind of happened during a show. And, oh and, man, it just dropped a new single, I think. Yes, yes, they did. Yeah. I, I really like Stabbing Westward. Uh, so do I. 
I was Darkest communicating. Thought. Oh yeah, like Chris Christopher Hall and I uh, became friends uh, for a short period of time, and we uh, were sending emails back and forth and and, and Facebook for a bit years ago when I'm talking like you know and um their self their their last album like before they broke up for a while um and then they became the dreaming or anyway Christopher Hall kind of started his other band the dreaming um but uh yeah and then all of a sudden I don't know what happened he kind of just stopped talking to me but Walter Flackis the keyboard player um although he's a, a crazy I don't want to say crazy he's an uber liberal buys into the whole democrat joe biden you know anti-trump thing but he's a super nice guy he's just a casualty of of brainwashing like a lot of people right Mm -hmm. Uh, but him and i are still friends on facebook and you know the occasional time we'll we'll chat about something um i've recently actually started chatting up with um um john uh crosby of um of uh vast ever heard of the band vast Vast, no. I have not heard of. No, you should look them up. Vast. Vast. Um, so yeah, he's actually um, he's he's pro Trump. I don't know. I'm not going to say he's like you know like a, a huge Trump guy, but he's you know he's definitely a, a you know what we would consider a conservative now. I guess the Republican Maybe type minded, like a Q guy, right? Like well, that's the thing. Sort of we've we've. I'm going to say a, not a capital Q, but maybe a small Q. I'm, I, I'm going to say okay. that in our conversation, uh, conversations, he, he's, not, he's not as you know, Q-oriented as I am, per se. Um, but, but he's definitely not against it or anything of the sort. Um, and okay. a large portion of his fan base did abandon him when he kind of outed himself as not being anti-Trump. And and okay. being a, a, a more Christian-minded guy, right? Right, right, right. Um, let me ask you this for like a closing question. Yeah. Do you think we actually need a savior, or do you think we need to save ourselves and debate for the last uh, ten minutes or so? We need a savior because we're fallen beings. We're all flawed. Um, we're corrupt. We're uh, by nature, we're evil. So, yes, I would say we do. And I'm going to take the opposite, opposite side <laughs> and say that we are flawed, of course, um, by virtue of our, you know, being human and um, we make mistakes and we let our temptations get the better of us. So quite often we do evil things and we do bad things, but I don't think that necessarily makes people inherently evil. Now, from if you want to go from the original sin perspective that we have fallen and we have quite a bit of atoning to do, um, I would agree with that. So I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. Now, do I think that I think we can save ourselves, but it's not necessarily we're saving ourselves for ourselves. We are saving ourselves through the higher power. By yeah, acknowledging the higher no, power. No, you need Jesus. Sorry, I had to cut you off. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's your perspective. Well, who is Jesus? Did Jesus exist? Was it Yeshua ben Joseph? Was James, yes. his brother, a real character? Was who's Barabbas? Was Barabbas possibly James? Um, did Jesus die on the cross? Was yes. there a Merovingian bloodline? I don't know. Who knows? Does it matter? Yes, it matters. Does it really matter? Why does it matter? Why can't it, it be about Christ salvation. consciousness? Of course it matters. 
But you really think that if Jesus, okay, let's, so let's just say Jesus it was, it is, and I believe that Christ consciousness, the idea, the concept of Jesus is a wonderful thing and I ascribe to it. And, but I don't necessarily think that, um, I don't negate Jesus. I'm not anti-Jesus in any way, please. You know, I, I, I firmly do enjoy and love every um, parable and, and I do love the character. Um, and I do believe maybe a version of, of Yeshua ben Joseph did exist. But I don't think you need it. I I think Muslims who believe in Allah are just as as are, are just as savable and as as you know as um, as able to to cross over into whatever is next, just like any other person, just like a I, sinner would. As long I as they yeah, believe in goodness can be saved if and forgiveness, Jesus, and not um, worship think, a guy who literally fucked kids. Right. Yeah, but I, honestly, you can't. Mean, you can't. That's true. People, you can't look at people like you can't just demonize people because exactly. they believe. I know. I'm not saying that they're I bad. I'm just saying that they're uh, they're not on the uh, right path. And there are people that will look at you and be like, "Well, who are you to make that assumption?" Right. Of course. They exactly. Can. Would Jesus <laughs> really care? The cows come home. Right. Isn't kind of what was excluded from the canonized version of the Bible gospels that actually tended to uh, favor the idea that Jesus was trying to move away from any idea of there being necessary a middleman that he himself wasn't the a savior per se, that we were all or, or we are all Christ that we are all Jesus, that we all I have think, the virtue. We, we I, all I, have I, the I, ability I, to reach it. Don't I, think that I, level. Do, I think we all have to get away from the idea that uh, Jesus wanted uh, an established religion, which he did exactly. not. Exactly. No, nope, that's not. true. He did Anti not. religion. That's absolutely so true. Right. If you're going to look know at. Know ye not that the kingdom of God liveth within you. What does that exactly. mean? Exactly. What does that, that mean? It's within you. So it's don't, in all of God us. God is within you. We are all connected. Any pastor or, or like the you fucking don't. Pope or anybody. You and God. That's it. And when I say God, it can you be Jesus. God, it could be anything. Yeah. Uh, that's what I believe, right? But you, like, are, you are not God. But no, I'm not God, God, but but we all are at the same time. I'm not the a, God. I am of... a fraction. I am the sliver. Yeah. I am a fractal of the big picture. You were made and by that... God, but you fell. Correct. And that's why. You well, yes, to have this experience. Right, and if God is all powerful, all knowing, and controls everything to a degree, then surely He and it understood and allowed Lucifer to fall, he to be the matter. temptation, to be the test, and through the test, yes, can God, you know, evaluate how we live our lives? Yes. Right. So we're going to falter at some point. I have yes. faltered in my life. I've given to certain temptations. Who right? hasn't? And right. And yeah, then through my God's faults own. and my mistakes, yeah. I have changed my life to honor myself, my mm -hmm. self-esteem, my, my pride, but ultimately to honor God by living by the example in my mind set by, by the good, by natural law. I honor and, and, and love my wife mm -hmm. under those same precepts, right? Like, um, I was a very promiscuous guy. Like I lived the rock and roll lifestyle. I did a lot of drugs, 
I've right. had a lot of I've had I've done sex magic rituals. Now I don't look at that as necessarily being an evil thing at mm-hmm. all. But in the part of but when I was doing it in my life, I was doing it for self-fulfillment because I had certain holes in my life that I was trying to fill with these with these excitements, with yeah, these superficial right. stimuli. Trying to get you're just trying to get the best orgasm of your life. That's all. Well, that, <laughs> not just the best orgasm, but but certain experiences. And I did it still under a, a sense of connectivity with the person that I was with or trying to do things with. Right. Then my wife comes along and my wife allowed me um, or at least gave me the opportunity to make that change mm-hmm. and to kind of see the higher power, just to see the virtue in, in, in um, devoting myself to her. Yeah, devoting myself to our marriage. Good man. Right? But and all of that though, my friends, all of that is 100 percent consistent with the moral teachings that are enshrined within the Masonic system. Oh my god. Okay. So at no point (laughs) but no, at no point does that stray. It's consistent all the way through. What matters, like anything, is how you act and how you live your life. Not what this book or what this one author says or what this one organization does. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to live your life and you have to live it as close to whatever your perspective of the good is. Right? And that's it. I I tend to agree. And I think... uh, You're a very good guy, man. Yeah, dude. Honestly, dude, I will say you defended it very fucking well. I am impressed. You defended um, uh, it very well. I don't um, think it's about him defending Freemasonry, though. I think no. it's just him but justifying his, uh, it, really, oh, presenting it's... another perspective that maybe yeah. you didn't necessarily take into account. Listen, yeah, you're 25 I... years old. Okay, at 25, yeah. that's when I was first discovering a lot of this stuff. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, that's when I really first, uh, I was 25, and that would have been like 2000, and for me, 2005-ish, I guess, 2006. Yeah. Um, I'm 40 now. Um, so like you've got a long way to go. You've got a lot of books to read. Yeah, I guarantee um, uh there are things I think now that that probably in about five years I'll think like I was fucking dumb. You're like, gonna I change. guarantee, I guarantee it. You're gonna change. Mm-hmm. Life will change you. You will certain you will see the the limitations that you have placed upon yourself. And okay. your definitions of, and that's not a bad thing, right? That's just part of growing, man. Right? right? I went through it. We all go through it, right? We all just want to end up in a good spot where, at the end of the day, that we are living our lives to enrich ourselves by enriching others. Exactly. And if that's not Christ-like, I don't know what else is. Right, dude. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end it here, guys. Uh, I think this is a great way to end it off. I, yeah. I thought, I honestly thought I was gonna get heated it did a little bit but you know but it was total fun you guys guys composed yourself (laughs) you guys composed yourselves very well and i really appreciate both you guys and this is what it's all about for me i'm so glad you guys uh the get the greatest gift anybody can give anybody is their time and yes yes absolutely Thank you Likewise. guys. So Definitely, you did very good, man. Thank you. Of course. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Davey, thank, you thank you for having us on. Yeah, dude. Real thank you guys buddy. so much. And uh, so much love to you guys. And uh, you guys have a great night. And we'll definitely be keeping in touch. Thank you. You too, man. Let's thank do you it again much. sometime. <laughs>
Thank you. Hell yeah. All right. Take care, guys. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in once again to the Red Pill Cartel. I really hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did because uh, it's just it just makes me, you know, it makes me think that we're all supposed to get along. And regardless of what religion, what uh, secret society or what fucking magic society you belong to, we're all just supposed to get along and uh, not be so divided. And I think this really proves uh, that that kind of point, you know? Like, we're just, we're all supposed to be loving of one another. And I really, I really hope this uh, kind of nails that into your head, this episode. So, I just want to ask you also, uh, you know, it's going to take maybe a couple minutes of your time, but if you could... Uh, drop me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it doesn't have to be five stars. I mean, whatever you think of the show, uh, that's what I want. I want you to be honest. Uh, I think all my guests have been honest on here, and I've been honest. And, uh, yeah, you can drop me a one-star if you want, but just drop a star uh, and a little bit of a blurb of what you think of the show. And um, also... Uh, my my uh, logo uh, has is featured with uh, Nigel the goat. So, if you could uh, be so kind to uh, you know try to get Nigel out of the matrix uh, and drop a few shekels uh, his way and try to get him out, you know uh, he 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 really loves you guys and he he will really love you for all eternity. If you can, you know, give three bucks, five bucks, ten bucks a month, that's all, you know, and the more that you give, the more that we're going to able to, more that we're going to be able to uh, upgrade the show and make it more enjoyable for you. So, uh, I I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, you, you guys all have a good night. Thank you so much.